we're all teachers here, right? So I can be honest, right? We love all children equally and we have no favorites. That said, there are always those students who give us energy. They bring a passion for learning that inspires us to be at our best. I had those kinds of learners when I was a middle school teacher, when I was a professor at Clemson, and I have them now as I work with APs in the APEX program. In fact, today's guest is one of those special students because she's passionate about her learning, always brings her A-game, and inspires me to be better. Hello, colleagues, and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Frederick Buskey. Today, I'm joined by Emily Parks, the assistant principal at Ford Elementary School in Lawrence, South Carolina. Emily is here with us today to share what she's learned as an assistant principal and how she prioritizes her professional development despite the professional and personal demands in her life. Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Buskey. That was a sweet intro. (laughs) (laughs) Well-deserved, well-deserved. Thank you. So can you tell us briefly how you got to where you are today? Okay, I was in the classroom as an elementary teacher for, oh gosh, 13 years, and then was blessed to move up into the assistant principal role in the school where I taught all of those years. So I just finished my fourth year as the assistant principal at my school. I absolutely love it. I learn something new every day. When I was in the classroom, I said no two days were the same, and as a school leader, no two minutes are the same. Even when I try to plan it, no two minutes are the same. So it keeps me on my toes. I'm always learning something new and I absolutely love it. Mm. Well, I'm excited to have you on today because you are one of those leaders who's passionate about your own growth. Uh, I mean, you have every excuse in the world, yet you show up. So let's start there. Why are you so passionate about continuing to grow? Well, I just feel like as an educator, we should always be learning and growing. You know, the term lifelong learner is thrown around a lot, but I've really learned what that means when I moved into this administrative role. Um, If I'm going to help my teachers learn and grow and be better, and I want my students to grow and learn and be better, then I have to grow and learn and be better. I mean, it, it makes me think of a John Maxwell quote, change is inevitable, growth is optional, If we're not growing, we're going to get left behind. And I think if anything that the pandemic taught us was we've got to be adaptable, we've got to grow, we've got to forge forward. And that's, that's what I try to do. Yeah. And I, I think I said maybe on one of the previous podcasts in the introduction that if you survived the year, then you grew because you wouldn't have any other choice. (laughs) So um, what are some of the ways that you get content? Where are you pulling your new knowledge or new ideas from? Well, I think a lot of times when we think about professional development or professional growth, um, we conjure up the thought of having to go somewhere or, you know, attend a conference or a workshop. And here recently, and I guess mostly when the pandemic hit and there were not face-to-face connections like that, Um, you know, reading, just staying well read on new research and new strategies, um, listening to podcasts that are out there, and then just connecting with other leaders and other educators, just having a conversation of what's working and what suggestions, you know, we can share and what we can celebrate together. So do you usually go looking for something in particular, because maybe you have an issue or something you want to work on, or 
is there a set of stuff that you just are routinely kind of looking at and seeing if something pops out at you? Both. Um, I think definitely if something unique pops up that I need help with or I need an answer to, you know, I reach out to my colleagues. Um, I love the district that I work for and that all of us administrators truly feel like we are, you know, on the same page and in the same boat. So it's no hesitation to pick up the phone and give one of them a call, but then also connecting with those who I've connected with through our state organization for administrators, through the APEX program, um, and then as far as continuing to, to read and look for things, um, several years ago, I started on my doctorate degree right before the pandemic hit. And so that forced me to read a lot um, and not necessarily things that I would have read on my own. So that was an excellent opportunity to kind of start seeing what else was going on in other areas, um, not just the United States and not just South Carolina, but what else was going on in the world of education. Yeah, wow, that's a great point. And are there specific journals or podcasts or things that you follow that you want to share that we can recommend to people? Dr. Buskey's assistant visible <laughs> podcast, of course, as well as his daily emails are always helpful. Um, they're quick and easy to listen to, great topics. Um, also, I do like John Maxwell, like I said earlier, as far as leadership goes. And then in the world of education, Brian Mendler is one of my favorites too. So he's got a podcast and several books as well that, that I enjoy looking at and reading. Okay, excellent. So for all those people headed to the beach or parks or other places, you now have a reading list. And there you go. <laughs> we'll put some of the links to those in the show notes as well. So it's easy to read or listen to something, but how do you stop, how do you decide what's actually worth implementing? And then how, how do you become intentional about taking that and transferring that to your practice? Um, honestly, it, it has to appeal to me and it has to seem applicable to me. Um, those things that are quick and easy that I can turn around and immediately try are the things that really jump out to me. Um, when I'm reading things. Now, over the summer, it's a little different because I have time to reflect and to think and, you know, meet with my principal and discuss different things. Um, but during the year, it's whatever I can find that I can turn around on a dime and immediately go back and do. I, I love that because that's so consistent with, you know, the messages that I'm, that I'm always preaching. And sometimes we see something that's really cool, but it's a big lift and it takes a long time to develop. And, 90% of the time, we can't invest in that. So I think that's a great strategy for APs who are wanting to continue to up their game as opposed to reading one big book that goes super deep into something or um, you know, taking a big program approach, really looking at things that are small that you can implement right now because it, it's not about fixing stuff. It's not about making the world perfect. It's just about making things like this much better. If we can do that, we call that a win. Agreed. Yes. So how, how do you manage it all? Um, you know, everybody's busy, but I know you're busy and you do a lot of extra at your school, your go-go all day. You manage to be in classrooms a lot, which is really cool, but then you have a family as well. So, and, and that, in Apex, you know, you show up, you're there at the webinars, you're there for group coaching. So how do you make that happen? First off, it has to be a priority. 
It can't just be something just to check a box. Yes, I did the APEX webinar. Yes, I did some reading today. So professional learning has to be a priority. Um, just like as a mom, it's a priority to be at the baseball games and the basketball games of my son. So my professional learning is a priority for me. Now, during the year, it kind of comes in waves. And, you know, there are times where I may be more invested in it than others. Um, more, you know, the summer is a perfect example of when I can truly invest in myself um, and gear up for, for the upcoming year. Um, but I also try to lead by example. So if I want my teachers to learn and to grow themselves, I'm showing them how I am learning and growing myself as well. So I kind of look at it as, as they learn and grow and they kind of improve. I have to grow and improve too to stay on top of my game in order to best support them and help them in what they're doing as well. Um, my principal is very supportive of my professional growth. He is very um, intentional about his professional growth as well. So he, he leads by example and is a great example and mentor for me as well. And then our district also offers multiple opportunities, especially for assistant principals to engage in professional development and collaboration with others in order to grow and improve. Yeah. And you had a great opportunity last year because your district is part of a, um, I'll say consortium and effort that you're actually able to get some coaching from an external coach, which for an assistant principal is absolutely awesome. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to, um, two things that you said before. Now you talked about continuing to up your game, right. And, and be an example for your teachers. Do you make your learning or your goals or the things you're trying to implement? Do you make that transparent to your teachers? Do you talk with them about your own growth? I, I do. And some of them, I know I get on their nerves because I will read an article or an excerpt from a book and then I'm immediately like, oh, you need to read this. Let's check this out together. So they know that I read and um, my desk is a mess because it's always covered with not just the work that I'm working on, but there's always a stack of books and articles that I want to read and share with them as well. So um, not outright transparent, but they know that I am working to learn as well. Um, recently, I sent a survey to a couple of teachers to kind of get some feedback on my leadership. So that kind of sent the message to about six or seven of them that, you know, I'm setting goals and I am working to improve myself over the summer to come back in August better than ever. Oh, that's great. You know, I, I think we talk about small wins and easy things to do um, just for people listening. I, I think one of the things we probably can do better is to make our own learning, our own growth, and especially growth goals that we have transparent to our teachers. And I think we get, we get so focused on supporting them and doing everything for everybody else that even when we are feeding our own growth, we don't think to advertise that. We don't think to let people know. And, and I think we do. And it's not about us saying, look at me, I'm growing. It's about that modeling. And, and to be really open about, yeah, this is what I'm trying to work on. This is what I'm trying to learn. In fact, I'll try to tie this back to five-minute coaching, which seems like I haven't talked in about three weeks, which is a long time for me. Uh, last year, I had a, a principal who wanted to really up her game in her five-minute coaching. She hadn't been doing a lot of it. So what she did was told her teachers and she said, I'm going to be coming around in the mornings and I'm going to be doing this little five minute coaching deal. So just be ready for me. And that actually held some public accountability for her 
because on the days that she didn't get it done, teachers would say, hey, where were you? I was waiting for you to come. I wanted my five minute coaching. So it made that learning transparent. And then it, it also made the teachers partners in her growth, which is great because we're always trying to be partners in teachers growth. And I think to see that work both ways um, really has a great positive impact on culture. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I wanted to go to as well, and um, Maria was is another um, Apex member and I, her podcast show is probably aired about two weeks before yours. Um, but one of the things we talked about was that idea of priorities and time management. And, and so this is something I think I'm saying at every show these days, but it has to be repeated. We can't manage time. We have to manage priorities, which is exactly what you just said, right? It's about priorities. And And I think, think about like how much time we spend surfing through Netflix or flipping through TikTok and Facebook and how much more valuable that time could be spent bettering ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially if, if you're working in that quadrant two, which is that kind of future development piece, I think that is a way to recharge. We can't be working all the time, but when you're reading something that is for the future and that can have a long-term impact that isn't in that urgent zone, that does recharge. You know, that is a, a good thing to do. And, and the other thing we talked about is, is your focus, right? And, and again, I told this story two weeks ago too. So bear with me listeners, but you know, one time in my life, I had balance. We always talk about, I need better balance between work and family and my social life. I had things perfectly balanced at one point in my life and I was mediocre in everything. Mm-hmm. And that's not who I am. I don't want to be mediocre. And so the, the way I've started trying to think of it is juggling. So I focus really hard on one thing and I'm really trying to do my best at that. And then I put it off, put it up in the air, and then I grab the next thing. And, and I think, especially you know, when you're a parent and you have young children, right? You, there are times you have to be totally focused on them. You don't want to be halfway present, but you can select those times. And then you can select those times where, Hey, I have to focus on my professional growth right now, or I have to go back and I'm going to have to put some extra focus on, you know, this aspect of what's happening in school, supporting these teachers. I like your juggling reference. And I'm I'm kind of thinking back to when I was in the classroom where there were times where I felt like I did everything okay but I never felt like I was good at one thing and would try to our team would try to focus on okay we're going to work really hard on our guided reading plans and our guided reading strategies and let's get that going and then it would be okay we need to do some guided math station so let's focus on that and then just until it kind of becomes natural to where you know you're kind of rolling through it because it's it's just become a habit because you have worked on it and planned it so that you are comfortable with it. Yeah, that's a good point. I want to go back to last spring. So you were actually in the inaugural Apex cohort, which kicked off in January of 2021. Uh, We covered a lot of ground that spring. um, And I I think you're a regular podcast listener with me. You referenced the daily email. So you get a pretty heavy dose of my methods and madness. Um, So I'm going to shamelessly ask you, to think about the most important thing that you've taken from our work together, how you've applied it and how it impacted the situation. 
so many to choose from. I will say, uh, first off, the five-minute coaching was helpful. Um, I feel like sometimes there's this expectation when you go in a classroom that it's going to follow with a 30-minute sit-down conversation feedback session. So that helped me realize that I could pop in, get a taste of what was going on, and then follow up in five minutes with our, with our teachers. Um, so that was very helpful in getting me in classrooms without feeling the burden of, I need to sit in this classroom for 30 minutes and then I need to take my notes and then I need to go and meet with that teacher. And that takes up so much time. And, and that's, you know, what our 4.0 formal evaluations look like, but just for those in and out, you know, on a regular basis, the five minute coaching was definitely helpful. Um, also, you were the one that introduced me to the Eisenhower matrix. And so kind of sketching out my to-do list in quadrants helped me realize what needed to be done, what I could uh, possibly delay what could be delegated and kind of helped me, I guess, prioritize my to-do list every day. And of course, I don't get through everything, but it does help me set those priorities of what might need to move to the top of the list the following day um, so that I can be sure that I am getting everything done that needs to be done. Okay. Do you want to, do you want to tell me, uh, can you relay a specific five-minute coaching session that went really well for you or you, you, made an impact for that teacher um and you, you know what let me let me say real to we're getting a lot of new listeners so people may have not listened to that episode yet that i did way back when five minute coaching is just a technique for informally meeting with the teacher after you've seen something or maybe you've just heard a kid talking about something in class and you just open with a positive affirmation i you know, I really enjoyed watching your lesson or I hear the kids are really excited about what you're doing. And then you ask three questions and you be quiet, which is the hardest part of the whole thing. All right. So you ask what else is going well? Were there any surprises? Would you do anything differently? And you ask those three questions and you just listen. And the beauty in it is what you're doing is you're training your teachers to be reflective and you're training them to not be feedback junkies, right? To get them to be able to, to own their own teaching and not be dependent on you for reinforcement. So, okay, that's five minute coaching in a nutshell, go. And it, and it took some training of myself to be able to five minute coach without wanting to throw in my thoughts, my opinions, my validations for these teachers. But uh, one of my favorites is a teacher who um, I do have a personal relationship with. So it was easy to kind of engage in that conversation with her but to see afterwards, even if I just popped in just to say good morning, how she would come and find me later in the day. And Parks, let me tell you what I would have done differently in my math lesson. I'm like, but I wasn't even in there for that. But yeah, let me tell you what I would do differently. So it does what it's supposed to do. And it gets them to be reflective without me trying to push them into being reflective. And I think that's where we see the greatest change and the greatest growth in our instructional practices and then also in student achievement. Excellent. Good example. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm excited to have you as one of the people poking around in our redesigned Apex community. Uh, we're going to be accepting new memberships. I think we're actually going to open and begin on July 26th. Uh, in one of our recent conversations, I think I said, Apex is a community without professional development, not professional development with a community. So if there are listeners out there that are thinking, hey, this sounds kind of interesting and trying to decide whether it might be a good fit for them, 
what are things you should you think they should consider? What should they be thinking about in terms of the right kind of PD for them? First of all, you have to know yourself, your strengths and your weaknesses. You have to be very aware of where you are strong and the areas where you need to grow. Um, one thing that I really liked about my Apex experience was that it exposed me to areas of leadership that I may not have realized on my own that I did need. Um, you know, you don't know what you don't know till you know. Um, so it's kind of like that, that, you know, five minute coaching is, is a great example, you know, of I didn't know I needed that. But once I had it, it was a game changer for me. Um, so in looking in ways to grow, knowing yourself the best that you can, and then reaching out to others um, who may have the same, you know, areas of growth that you do, or may have some ideas of where you can go, books to read, podcasts to listen to, cohorts to join uh, in order to grow in those areas. Yeah, and thanks for that last one, especially. I, I, that's something I'm really excited about as we build this community. We're really focusing on the idea that we want it e to be easy to, for people to collaborate. So next February, or I guess testing's all, all year now, but the next time big testing rolls around that, that the community can gather around that. And you're not dependent on me to provide um, content around testing. That would be abysmal. But, but y'all can learn from each other and you can share what's working and, and what's not working. And I think you or someone recently shared a, shared an episode of don't do this. So to be able to exchange those stories, right, is really important. And the community was definitely my favorite part of the Apex program. So knowing that that's going to grow to be an even greater part is really exciting to me. Um, just knowing that we could tap into those Zoom meetings with people who were sitting in the same seats that we were, because the, the assistant principal role is very unique in that you don't, you don't get it till you're there. And, and I'm speaking from experience that I thought I knew what an assistant principal did until I got in that seat and, and it was eye-opening. So having that community of other assistant principals to share ideas and celebrate successes and, and just commiserate on some days is, is wonderful and helped me gain my confidence in my role, knowing that there were others who felt the exact same way that I did, but then also connecting with those who may have a strength that was my area of growth and being able to just learn from each other. Yeah. And, and also the variety of schools. And in the past year, I think everybody was in North Carolina and South Carolina, but we had people in in my home area with really rural mountain Appalachian schools. And then we had people in other rural schools that looked quite different from, from my area. And we had people coming from fairly large urban schools. So we had that really cool mix of people coming from those different schools, as well as different districts. And every district is run a little bit differently and has, has different expectations. Um, and and again, I'm really excited because the podcast, our top four states in listening are um, Texas, North and South Carolina, and then California. And I think we have pretty good listenership from Colorado and a number of other states. So the idea that we might be bringing in people from all over the country, we even have a few Australian listeners, I think, and one in Canada. So, 
So to be able to bring in people from different places, I think will create that really, really rich community that, that would be hard to replicate in another form of professional development. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sorry to listeners, I don't mean it to sound like an advertisement, but I really believe in the value that we're bringing and the opportunity that, that um, we're offering to people. That said, if you're never going to be able to get in in an afternoon and, and get onto a webinar, if you're never going to be able to log in and, and have conversations with people, then, you know, Apex probably isn't the right thing for you. Um, and everybody's in a different situation. So, um, you know, that's something people are going to have to think about. I mean, I think that is an important consideration. All right, Emily, as we wrap up, I have three questions for you. <laughs> You've listened to enough podcasts. Do you remember what they are? Just hit me with them. All right. So first, what part of your own leadership are you still trying to get better at? Uh, trying to figure out how to word it because I don't want to say time management, but organizing <laughs> my day to make getting into those classrooms a priority. Um, and, you know, we were talking the other day and I said, I'm spending couple of weeks this summer, reorganizing my office and cleaning out, getting rid of, of the clutter that sometimes comes during the year when, uh, you know, your textbook coordinator and testing coordinator, and you have all the things in your office. So cleaning up and cleaning out so that I am fresh. I know where everything is and I am ready to go come August so that I can be into those, be in those classrooms regularly. Sounds like a good plan. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. We'll be troubleshooting, I'm sure, in the fall. (laughs) So if listeners could take away just one thing from today's podcast, what would it be? Keep on learning and keep on growing. Um, I'm going to go back to that Maxwell quote, change is inevitable and growth is optional. The world is changing. Education is changing. And if we're not growing with it, we're going to get left behind. Yeah. It's a great point. We have um, a lot of challenges but also with that comes some pretty unique opportunities. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to share? I don't think so. I appreciate the opportunity and the conversation. Yeah. Well, as always, it's great to talk with you and I appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely. Anytime. So if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and rate this podcast that will help people find it. That wraps up today's show. I'm Frederick Buskey, and I hope you'll join me next time for the assistant principal podcast.